Told you I have a jumbly tummy. I know you have a jumbly tummy. We'll keep it to a tight 30 here. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Fields of Work, your weekly podcast about fields of all types and uh, the work that happens within them. Um, Specifically two fields. (laughs) I'm Max. We keep it mostly two fields. This also isn't weekly. Everything else is kind of true. That mm-hmm. part was just a straight up lie. We are brothers. I don't oh, yeah, have to mention that part. <laughs> yeah, no, we're <laughs> brothers. One's old and one's young. Ah. We'll let you figure it out. Yeah, it's just by our voices. Mm-hmm. I think I'll, I'm going to throw this out there. I bet like five years from now we take a picture. Uh, and due to my uh, working conditions, I probably will look older and rougher than you. Like a Maybe like an old leather baseball mitt. Wizened. <laughs> Yeah, like maybe that wizard. maybe wizened. Yeah. It's going to be, it could be rough. This, yeah, sun takes I mean, its toll. I don't know. I've got, you know, I'll probably have, um, I'm, I am corporate strong. So, mm-hmm. you know, that my body, it's showing up in my body that way. And, and what does that mean? Strong and or weak what? Um, I don't know. Just whatever I am right now. Just, you know, <laughs> handsome in all the ways. Yeah, you're going to have like a bad lower back in, a, in like a couple of years from, I'm sitting probably at a desk. Probably sitting at desk but. and whatnot. Oh, Max, what's going on? What's how's the world of um, farming? World of farming is good. We've oh, had we didn't check in. Hold on, I knew something oh, felt weird. Give a check. I almost o- I almost opened up about work and stuff, but we hadn't even oh, checked. God, in. no, we haven't. I, we haven't just had a complete uh, rabbit hole of a conversation for 20 minutes to start the podcast. Well, here's a good way to keep us in that rabbit hole and definitely uh, waste some time. Is you gotta you gotta pick for winner of the cup. Mm. And uh, make a That's bracket. A good question. I. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? You just unbuttoned your shirt as as it's I was talking to you. <laughs> okay, continue. It's warm in here. Uh, you know what? Everybody thinks it's going to be a team out of the East, right? Because the East was so good. I'm not picking an East team. I think the Oilers are going to do it. That's who I have picked. Really? And then I thought about it more. Yeah, I did that whole bracket through the NHL like website thing here. And I made one. one. You should have made it and joined it. I sent the link to the brothers to join my little league. Um, And I picked – I was just doing the same thing Joe was saying he did with his, which I was not trying to think too hard. And I was just picking, you know, just going through it. And at the end, I end up with Edmonton winning. I think I just want McDavid to win really bad. Who did um, you have they, them playing? Boston? I had them pick, playing the Rangers. What? I was really riding the back of uh, of, huh. of Igor Shosturkin, taking them all the way. So all right. we'll see. That's already an upset of the Rangers, technically, over the Devils to come out of the first round. But I think it's going to happen. They're playing as we speak. Um, but I, I, I chose Edmonton, which might have been a bold move. Wow, I believe uh, we have the same answer. That's cool. Yeah, I think their goaltending is kind of bad, but that's fine. Yeah, but they got yeah. Drysaddle and McDavid. Like that's hard to stop. That's all they had in past years too, and they still couldn't do it. So I'm, I know, but <laughs> I think whoever comes out of the East is going to be so destroyed that perhaps they will have be able to overcome. So, yeah, I mean, having watched just, you know, game one of uh, Toronto, Tampa, where Toronto or Tampa lost like three or four guys to injury, um, they won't have yeah. a, a roster by the time uh, they get out of the first round, which they probably will. But yeah, um, yeah I've been trying to watch them all, but I basically have uh, like all the games or as many as I can, um, which basically means I fall asleep on the couch every night at around 1130 <laughs> and wow. I wake up. This is, this is, yeah. Is that uh, optimal for your work life? Oh, it's fine. Yeah, no, because okay. I like you know. Don't you I'm like early mornings, like greeting the sun, you know, hands in the dirt? Not, not you yet. Sleep? I, you getting enough sleep? I'm getting plenty of sleep. Don't you worry? Don't you, okay. hey, don't you worry about me? Um, right. We're not, we're not starting early, early mornings yet either. So I've had, I've had oh, plenty of time. All right. Uh, all right, now I can talk about farming. Yeah, now you can. Now we can do the actual reason for this podcast. Um, what I was going to say is that far- farming is good. It's been a weird, 
and I say this every year, no matter what state I'm farming in or whatever is going on, that it's been a weird spring because every year is just um, is more more bizarre because the earth dies thanks to, you know, what we've been doing to it. Um, so it's just getting more and more bizarre. But we had like it threw things off last week on the farm a little bit or made like created this air of like franticness because normally it feels pretty casual. Spring is kind of like you're slowly heating up. You still have cool weather. We had 80 degree days, four or five days in a row, which, you know, is exciting for nicer weather, um, but definitely makes for more stressful work conditions because, um, you know, we were going to plant stuff, but, you know, no matter what, but more things were ready to go in and things were getting way bigger than they were supposed to in the greenhouse because of the speed at which they were growing from the heat. And it forced, you know, like you can usually kind of casually roll out irrigation in the spring because it's going to be raining a decent amount. Well, all those transplants that we were putting in pretty much needed water like immediately. So it was kind of reworking our, our, our weeks to, you know, prioritize things that now became way more important because the weather was um, not acting like a normal April situation. So um, it definitely created a bit of like a, a you know, a, a frantic urgent feel to last week. And then it cooled off and, you know, we had freezing temperatures again. Um, and so it's regulated a little bit. Um, it's not ideal in the sense that just like you are, all the plants we put in have, have survived the weather because they are plants that are meant to handle cold. Um, more than anything, it's just a lot of like weird fluctuations for plants, which is fine, but can be a bit like jarring and can slow down growth when there's a bit of a shock period when you go in in 80 degree weather outside but the soil is still kind of cold because it's only been 80 for a couple days and then the outside temperature gets cold you definitely create an environment where i think a lot of the plants kind of um stunt and and wait for a little bit until things kind of stabilize so that that's been part of it um but and then actually the biggest issue with freezing temperatures is like you have all your irrigation set up and you need to make sure things are essentially drained more or less a little bit um when the frost comes because if you know there's water in some of the ball bearings and different things that are going on. And this is, you know, irrigation across a five acre property of fields, at least there's a lot of pipe and stuff laid out. Um, you need to make sure that, you know, water won't be freezing and anything that's going to break and create issues. So um, we dodged all of that and, and um, we didn't have anything break because of the cold weather, but it's just like another layer of as if you didn't have enough going on to prepare for the season, it kind of threw in like a different, uh, little challenge so um but it's also like i said becoming kind of the norm and in, in spring you kind of got to be able to roll with it so uh but it's full for yeah, i mean you had some like long long days or not not really i mean we're trying to because the farm uh expanded from what i've understood is that because they kind of expanded in, in crew size and manager size from year to year um this is all kind of new to have this many people on the farm this early so we're, we're working four day weeks right now um, and trying to kind of keep that uh, as like part of the plan. Startup. Yeah. Is that what they do? Four day weeks? I mean, you know, it's like uh, yeah. kind of a progressive thing kind of going true. on in the world right now. Ours is more just to make the best use of financial time because of, you know, spring is also when you're the leanest in terms of bringing you crops. So um, it's been, it's been, I mean, it definitely felt a little bit like, you know, urgent last week, but we've been able, it's been surprising what amount of work you can get done with like four, six, seven hour days, you know? Um, and that'll change a little bit as the, as the season goes on, but I don't think it'll ever be like what I was doing at the farm in Tennessee, which was, you know, I had no boss and there were times I would be working like a 10 hour day or, you know, those crazy long days that I would put myself through because, it was just me and I lived there and it, it didn't really matter. This is definitely more of a, um, everyone's trying to be on the same page. So that's probably going to be good for like my physical and mental health, um, which is a relief, but, um, I can just, uh, I can <coughs> rapid fire, uh, use that cough button. <laughs> wow. You, you drew, if you draw attention to it, I don't get the benefit of it. But yes, yeah, but if I but if, but, button while I coughed. Okay, well I heard it in my ear holes, so I wasn't sure how that worked. Um, it? Yeah, that's why I was that's why I was testing you. And I was like, I heard every bit of that what? cough. Wait, you heard it? Then what's my <laughs> mute button doing? I don't know. Oh, Maybe all the... oh right now we're recording through not my good mic. 
Hold on, uh, change this in flight. Change it in flight. I've done most of right, talking sound so far. You do sound a little bit better, yeah. But you sounded okay yeah. before, but that's okay. just because, you know, your voice is always golden to the ears, Sam. So Yeah, um, that's why the mute um, button didn't work, because I needed a mic <laughs> that I wasn't talking into. <laughs> Everyone got to hear that cop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my... You thought you're being sorry, fly, everyone. But, uh, now you, but now you sound so good, and everyone's gonna be really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can kind of give a, I can give a little rundown of what we've been up to at the farm. In case you're, I think yeah. last time it was really early. Still, you know, we were. I, I talked about a lot snow of, on the ground. Yeah, and there were a lot of meetings and stuff happening. A lot of um, walking around with laptops. A lot of walking around with laptops. We were doing our corporate, our corporate farming. Doing stand Mm-hmm. Yep. We uh. So we're finally into – I mean those meetings are still happening uh, here and there when we can fit them in. But it is very much a uh, – those have fallen to the wayside because now things are happening. So um, for context, we kind of go into the, the production team, which is you know me, the two other production managers or field managers. Um, and then two of the owners are kind of in and out on our team. This used to be their role um, and they're being transitioned to like hire, you know, overseeing more things. Um, they're still technically starting for the production team. We kind of come into every Monday with like a list, this giant to-do list for the week of like what is uh, the most important. So for us, that is what's being planted this week, you know, direct seeded into the ground, transplanted into the ground, um, you know, direct seeding being all those greens and things, transplants being, you know, little baby plants we put in the ground. And then there's all of the beds to prep stuff, which is essentially like what do we need to prepare for next week's planting um we've been trying to like stay on top of a one week in advance you prepare the next week's stuff that doesn't always happen when things get crazy um but you know we went into two weeks ago we went into the start of the week with 93 beds to prep uh and every bed is 100 feet long um not being prepped in the way that they were at the last farm i was at like we're not broad forking uh in the way you know when you had to help me broad fork in tennessee like we're not Mm -hmm. we're not doing that on this scale um but it's still a fairly, you know, time intensive process and can be. So what does it entail? This farm, it's so almost, I'd say 80% of the farm is under tarp during the winter. So those black tarps that we put down, um, always removing those tarps and either if we have time, moving them to another part of the farm that isn't tarped and has a long enough tarp window, which is to say putting it on the field would even be helpful uh, this time of year. That's at least a month because it's not that warm. Uh, in the summer, that can be as short as like seven to ten days if it's hot out. Um, the goal to kill the weeds and stuff underneath it. So you pull off that tarp. Those tarps are held down by uh, tons of like half cinder blocks. They're just like you know, imagine a normal cinder block, just one one half of that. So a typical tarp will be held down with somewhere between I don't know forty to eighty of those cinder blocks um, to keep it down during high winds and things. So it's a ton of my job is like. On certain days, I don't know, 50% picking up cinder blocks and putting them on pallets, um, which we use a tractor to move around the farm. Uh, we did a bunch of that today. So then you remove that. The, the beds are now exposed. And then usually it, you have to get in there and weed a little bit by hand. There's stuff that's just too, you know, your perennial weeds, those ones that come back every single year, um, unless you They're really remove. Really under a tarp all winter and are still alive. Yeah. So Freaking like mutants. crazy crazy tap roots on things, you know, thistle and, and burdock and some other things like that all have these crazy long roots that, you know, are, are sturdy as hell. Sounds like a great name for like an artisan gin company. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would buy a, a nice bottle of gin from thistle and burdock. <laughs> <laughs> and so you go in and you, you hand weed, you remove all of those things, trying to get as much of that like tap root as possible to make sure it doesn't happen next time. It'll come back. It always does. Um, and then when the bed is clear uh, at this farm, there's a uh, compost layer. So instead of spreading it by five-gallon bucket like I was at the last farm, there's a, you know, using a tractor to fill this compost, like mulch layer and driving the tractor over the bed. And it lays it the width of the bed. Um, they lay it really heavy here at this farm. So we're putting down like a half inch of compost across the entire bed, kind of top coating it. And then that's usually what we plant into. So it's just – oh, and there's also um, a chicken fertilizer – or like you're, you know, we call it chicken fert, but it's your <laughs> a usual like. Uh, it's like someone's you call nickname. It chicken fert. Chicken fert. Uh, you guys don't. Do you laugh every time you say it? Not every time, 
but I okay. <laughs> more than more than zero. Yeah, we're I mean we're experienced, we you know. Um, yeah. So we put that down, and actually it's it's pretty clever this year. That used to be a five gallon bucket, like spreading it over the bed. Um, you know, that's a slower acting, like it gives you your nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, your NPK to like things that plants really need for certain growth um, that they might not get just from regular old compost at first. Um, that's actually laid down now. It's attached to the same tractor, but on the front, um, it's uh, a little attachment for it's supposed to be for putting salt down on like icy roads. It's this little spreader, um, but it's like almost the perfect width of the bed. And we and Nate at the farm he retrofitted it to to put down chicken fur. So it's pretty clever. This tractor drives over the field, and at the front, it's dropping the fertilizer, and at the back, it's putting the compost over the bed. So in one pass, you know, the bed is done. And then if we're really on top of our game, all the pathways get wood chips um, to just keep down weeds and good fungal, you know, uh, you know, habitat. Essentially, you know, you want like more biodegradable things in your field and, and it's a nice way to protect the, the pathways and the soil. So there's also a tractor that has a layer behind it for laying wood chips in the pathway, which another very clever like retrofitted thing that's meant for like shooting wood chips off to the left. Like you're at orchards and stuff, they drive them down the really wide pathways and it shoots wood chips out the side. Um, it's that, but with a piece of plywood that blocks it from shooting it super far. So it like shoots to the left and then drops it right into the path. Um, so in a single pass, you can, you can do some of the pathway. So it is very tractor like based for the actual bed prep. Um, and then planting is done by, by hand transplanting, um, pushing the same kind of hand seeders that we used at the last farm. Um, and then they do have a paper pot transplanter here, which we've talked about before. I think I've mentioned it, that, that cool Japanese little hand transplanting uh, system. Uh, it's, how we, <clears throat> it's how we just planted 36 beds of onions at the farm this week. Um, for onions. context, like that's, yeah, that's tens of thousands of onions. And, you know, never had to bend over and, like, put them in the ground, you know, dragging this paper pot through the field. So it's a pretty clever tool and is used, you know, pretty heavily on the farm. So that's, like, that's that's a bed prep, you know, what you do to prep something for planting. And so, you know, our routine is essentially, like, remove tarps, weed, lay the compost and everything and do that all week. And then there's one planting day where we knock out all that planting for that week. And then the day after, we're trying to be either going back and, and doing things for those fields, irrigating, uh, putting row cover. We put a lot of that stuff over beds to protect it. Um, and then kind of starting next week's plans. Um, so that's a pretty basic, like what the basic cycle is now. And we're trying to slowly figure out what that rhythm is between the three of us on the farm. And we've kind of like slowly etched out some of those roles for each of us. Like, you know, John is doing all of the the composting and tractor work right now. Like he's the one that's, got the most experience so he spends you know takes a long time to compost all those beds so he's like he's our tractor guy um what guy are you i the two main ones that i sounds like like your cinder block guy well i'm not i'm not lead there's no person i guess in charge of tarping but usually you know um i'll be involved in the tarping sometimes i'm driving the tractor that is usually one person's on the tractor with a pallet with the forks on it you know and you're driving alongside the field so that people can just like you can sometimes assembly line it, you know, just pass it right to the pallet. And so that someone's driving the tractor. Sometimes I get to be that guy, which means I don't have to pick up any cinder blocks and that can be nice. That's um, but for the most part, I, I have become the person in charge of direct seeding. Um, so every, any week that there's every week, basically there's some level of direct seeding that needs to be done. Um, which is, it's just fine. It's a little solitary work. You know, no one can really help you with that. So you just kind of go out to the field and take care of it. I'll say it's a little stressful to be like, you know, it's one thing when you're direct seeding at a farm where the the livelihood of everybody is not at stake and or, um, you know, if I messed up at the last farm and let's say seeds didn't germinate very well, it's like, ah, beans. But it's just me. You know, it's just well, it's fine. Or no beans. Or no beans. <laughs> yeah. uh, no beans. And uh, it feels a little different here when I go out and plant, you know, 12 beds of salad greens of different types. And like, yeah, like I'm just like, oh, please God. To come up. <laughs> yeah, like, like, then, like making like, sure I'm like. And it turns out, actually, your entire farming career, you've been planting wrong, and you, don't, yeah, you didn't I've, actually know it until now. I didn't. Yep. And you like, definitely had the, that thought. I know you yeah, have. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. And I, I do the thing where, like, you, I, like, will get down low to the ground and, like, put a hand up on the seed or way up high, and I'll, like, push it slowly and, like, be putting my eyes as close as possible to where the seed falls out because the seed's tiny. 
and nothing would be worse than finding out the seeds not coming out because it's jammed or something. So yeah. I'm like pushing it like, you know, millimeter at a time to watch the seeds fall down <laughs> to make sure like, and then I'll like make little like mental marks of like, I swear the hopper was this full and I finished three beds and the hopper is lower. So it is dropping yeah. seed. Yeah. It's like that constantly. It's just constantly telling myself like, no, I think you're doing it. <laughs> you're doing it, man. You're doing it. You're doing it. So, uh, you know, I've only been three weeks of, of seeding like that so far and uh, no, things are coming up. is back, you know, looking out at the field like, and you're like out there like with your head real close <laughs> to the ground, like pushing really slow. Like, I don't think this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. There's definitely some nerves involved. Uh, and like I said, I think it's going okay. Things are coming up. Things are coming up a little sporadically at times and we have yet to determine if that's my fault or the fact that it went from 42 degrees to 80 degrees which plants aren't you know and then the soil dries out and um there's definitely been a lot of variables at stake and there, there always are so direct seeding is one and then i've kind of uh stepped into or decided to step into the the irrigating manager position which again i know there's other stressful positions on the farm i'm not trying to say i've managed to stumble my way into things that stress me or that could be yeah. catastrophic but it's a again a very large farm uh, with irrigation uh, on all of it, and during the summer, if it's you're in any type of drought, you're probably irrigating twenty four seven at some point. You know, you're running water constantly, and uh, so it's been a matter of learning that like whole system, which is not that different from other farms I've been at, except for this system uh, has a bunch of timers and automators and valves set up so that like. When you get things like really going, which next week will probably be the start of it, and we can talk over how this goes for me. Um, I'm essentially like you create programs that you you input to each of these little timers for you know, and one timer might control um, four valves, which will control two fields. And so you'll go out there and set a program that says every day, you know, if it's your lettuce field, like you know, an eight a.m. one hour water and a noon one hour water or something. And then, you know, or you can set it up for like things, certain greens, like little spritzes of water. And so you could do like, you know, this many times a day, like 10 minutes of watering and you need to create those systems and put them into all the little guy, little boxes around the farm. Um, but the other difficult thing is that like, you can't have all the lines running at once in the farm. That's way too many gallons per minute. Like you can only run a certain number of lines per Mm-hmm. Uh, per, per, per per time, so you need to make sure that these things are staggered, so that you know you don't you're actually one. Yeah, or you don't forget one, or you make sure like, hey, that you know, if I've all if I actually had twelve lines running, and now they all have terrible pressure, and they're all just trickling, and actually that nothing's getting watered. So it sounds it's like a, lot a high of like, school yeah. word problem in math class, and it's stressing. It feels like it, yeah. And so you create like you'll sit there on an Excel and whatnot, and like look at what are in each field to kind of know what their needs are, and then. Um, you, you'll create these programs and input them and <clears throat> monitor them. And then as you get an idea for how it's going, you'll, you know, make adjustments. So we haven't got to that point yet of, uh, actually like setting those up, um, because not much of the farm had been planted yet, but it's happening very quickly now. So, um, that I'm starting to just hope for rain all the time. Cause I'm like, man, if it rains, I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> right. It takes it off my plate. Like, I know that like you can stall, you can, you can do like a little rain delay on the programs. You can be like, Hey, rain delay three days, push everything back three days. Uh, don't worry about it because it's been raining. Um, so that that one has been kind of uh, like I'm definitely working hand in hand with two of the owners who have been way more involved in this in previous years. Right. Um, but, you know, there's definitely going to eventually become a time when it's a little bit become, becomes more of my responsibility um, since that's the intention. So that and direct seating become my two main ones. And then, you know, we're all involved in everything else. So, you know, tarping I'm involved in and um composting and stuff i can be involved in depending on you know if they need a second person so um you know you're you're always uh flexible to be pulled into something if you need to be but those have kind of become my two my two main roles uh and anything on the bcs which is that small tractor i had at the last farm we have mm-hmm. one of those here for specialty things and uh because of my familiarity with it from previous years i've been i've been using it quite a bit um but i enjoy that one that one's fun i mowed a bunch of spinach today and that felt great so. You already have spinach up and ready to go? This was actually overwintered spinach in one of the hoop okay. houses. So it was actually spinach that needed to get pulled out because tomatoes are going to go in in two weeks in there. So okay. uh, I mowed them all down to a pulp. They had also gotten a lot of aphids on them. So we decided mm-hmm. that it was time to kill them. So I committed an aphid, uh, I guess, like massacre, massacre today. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but you know, didn't feel bad about it. Um, you caught some ladybugs in there. Just don't think it was going to be quick enough acting for the amount of, uh, mm. amount of uh, very hungry ladybugs. Yeah, and I don't know if you how you find those specifically, but yeah, um, we we could have used them if you could start a really probably hungry Amazon. Ladybug, probably Amazon. Yeah. You can, it's a business plan for you. You can if you want to start a really hungry ladybug. Yeah, yeah, uh, company. We would have bought we would have bought some. So that's kind of been. I mean, there's you know plenty of little intricacies and things that have been going on as well at the same time but um it's cool to be on a farm that has so many moving parts like Mm -hmm. i uh we were like we had our manager meeting today and i was just talking about how like i probably sound like a dummy on wednesday was our huge planting day so we had all those onions going in which was like the paper pot system then there were i was direct seeding like 12 beds and then there was a group out there transplanting all the other beds that needed to go in and so um, you know, there were 14 people kind of just like oh, wow. moving, moving around the farm and there were different groups happening. It just felt like, and then, you know, six hours later when we were done at the end of the day at four, you can like looked around and like, wow, we did a ton of stuff today with like, yeah. when you get a situation where everyone kind of, you know, either part of it is like feels empowered and has the, uh, the ability to like hop on a tractor and go out there and help them start moving tarps and sandbags around with the forks. And this person over here is composting and using the other tractors. Yeah. So there's been a lot of like, um, you know, movement and it's nice to see like, you know, it's just after being at a farm where there's one to two people, when yeah. there's a farm where there's 14 people and not just like 14 new people to farming, but 14 people that have farmed before, um, everyone's, you know, starting to get to the point where they can a totally you different know, scale. Yeah. Yeah. And into it, like what, what is needed, you know, it's no one's standing around waiting for something like, where do I need to go? For the mm-hmm. most part, you can usually yeah. figure out like this is the next step of what we need to do. And so um, we'll add crew, like the, the rest of the crew will come on and start of May. Um, so, you know, just two weeks from now. And that'll be, you know, the matter of training people and new people on, on the same page again. But um, so how I'm many people do you have at that point? That's going to add full timers. It'll add seven more. So that'll okay. put us to, you know, I guess 21 people. And then, uh, there will be some part-time and I think there's slight potential for maybe one to two more people to that crew as well. Um, so, That's and then cool. th- that crew is less specialized, you know, they are the general crew, which is to mean like, you know, on those big planting days, they're with us, you know, the, the production team doing planting. There's certain afternoons where they'll be doing tarping and things that require more hands, but they'll also be harvesting and, um, you know, being, being moved around from kind of manager to manager. So it'll start to feel a little bit like, a less like, you know, when we're out there planting right now, it's like the production team, but it's also all of the other managers on the farm because that's who is currently only people employed right. on the farm. So um, it'll start to feel a little bit like, you know, a chance to have some ownership over like your little zone and um, spend some time in the office in the air conditioning while everyone else is out there doing the. I've been working work. on my pointing, my pointing yeah. at stuff. Yeah. Uh, standing around, my arms crossed. Yeah. Um, Finding shade. People love that. Take nap, People love that. Shade, a, yeah. It's good straw to chew on and shade to nap in. Yeah. Um, so, you know, good spots for leaning, things like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that's, I mean, I'll, uh, one of these days before one of these podcasts, I'll prepare a little bit more. Um, or maybe we can get into some details about whatever it is that people or you want to know about the farm or farming in general. But, I think as we continue to talk every three weeks or so, it's a lot of just like, here's what we've been doing. <laughs> so, um, you saying is, we should just do some actual preparation for this? I mean, I do I want to? Not necessarily. You know, mm-hmm. I barely, we barely, we didn't even start on time when we wanted to. <laughs> so, I told you I had a rumbly tumbly. No, that's fine. I was eating dinner still. So it wasn't like, you know, uh, I'm not saying, I'm saying this isn't a podcast that necessarily people have come to expect preparation from. That's true. Or come to this point, to ever we, come out. <laughs> yeah. At this point, if we suddenly professionalize this, we'd be disappointing people. Yeah, for sure. That's what yeah. I tell myself. They don't want that. There's good. There's good podcast networks out there that do that. Gosh, I my, and they don't, my and they don't need us. Is it because you're holding on your belly while you're trying to record? Yeah. Because that might not. Might be I tugged the, the, the cord. <laughs> well, because I was got tired of leaning forward, and I want to lean back now. But I don't want my mic to be far away from my mouth, so exactly. professionalism. Professionalism, as we were just saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is it. What about you? So, what have you been up to? 
Uh, you, oh, were you know, a lot of farming, a lot of, a lot of direct seeding, uh, some tarping. Well, you, uh, you were on a farm. You oh yeah, I was on a farm. Yeah. South Hall's a farm. Yeah, it is. Sam, let's, let's set the stage work here. Sam went on a retreat, work retreat uh-huh. this past week to a place Just in Tennessee. Just got back today. That I, uh, the year is 2021. I'm applying for jobs. I see a posting in Tennessee. It's this beautiful farm-to-table uh, resort, retreat, restaurant, jammery, spa, all these things. Yeah. And I was like, this seems pretty cool. They got a crazy apiary, falconing. At the time, they didn't have the falconer classes. But all those things going on, I was like, wow, this is really cool. Orchard, it's awesome think. opportunity. And yeah, beautiful orchard. I was like, I want to be a part of this. So I applied to this job. Um, and at the same time applied for a job at, uh, West Glow farm in Kingston Springs. Um, and s- the resort never got back to me and the other farm did. And I took that job instead and still moved to Tennessee about literally 35 minutes away from the place that I, other place I applied to, which was yeah. called South hall. And Sam just got back from South. Hall. <laughs> I did. How uh, was the produce? It's, it's fine. It's good. Yeah. I think. I mean, yeah. it wasn't the best produce in the world, but yeah, no, you tell it wasn't grown by your brother. Good, yeah, I could tell. I, get, I couldn't, I couldn't taste that max essence. Mm-hmm. I leave that everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, gross. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Um, yeah, it's really nice. I mean, this hotel was incredible. Like rural Tennessee, um, relatively new construction, from what I can tell. They just, um, yeah, they just yeah. opened like last year. Very, very, um, very luxe for sure. That's and the thing. We, um, basically had like all of our meals except for one on site there. Uh, they have this incredible like pavilion up on the top of a hill that's overlooking the valley where we had dinner one night. Um, although I did not get to partake in that dinner because I was facilitating a two-hour retrospective with a team in New Zealand from my hotel room uh, over dinner, which sucks. Uh, but, you know, got to do what you got to do. And then we had um, – they had like a standalone building kind of off from where the hotel – they have lots of standalone buildings like yeah. separate from the main hotel. But it had like a big conference space where also they set up – uh, breakfast and lunch every day um, and it was yeah it was good food really really nice um, I think we there's I think I think we all basically we do two retreats a year now and we're talking about we should always do one of those retreats at this place like it was that exactly. nice huh yeah is yeah, the budget okay sure. with that <laughs> I think so I mean I think it's I think it's quite expensive um, and I think we decided this time like the dinner we went to in Nashville was like a nice dinner, but it was not like a typical ready retreat dinner. So we yeah. saved some money on that dinner. So an investment in, in staying at Southall. I will say um, <clears throat> when I told Kira, who's who's more hip to the Nashville uh, restaurant scene than I am even, um, when I told her where you guys were going to eat as a group, she was kind of surprised that that is where you guys had chosen. But then I realized that you guys are a much bigger group than you used to be. For dinners, 40. too. There was 40 of us. Which is a pretty tough, like, it's a pretty yeah. big size to fit in for, because, uh, I mean, you know, I think that's it's Justin Timberlake's place. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. Or underneath. I think maybe they're upstairs. I can't remember. Here's going to hear this. And she's getting mad at me because she literally just told me all about it uh, when, we, when I There's found like out you were three different levels. There. Like, the main floor is called Honky Tonk, which is where we yeah. were. Second floor, the mezzanine was, like, something else. And the top floor is called, like, Supper Club or something, which yeah. we didn't do. We were on the, we were on the low level. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that makes sense. And you guys could go to some pretty nice dinners if you uh, keep going around uh, that place every year in, in Nashville. So, um, quick question. Were you guys big? At, you, you get like little cabins, right? It's not a hotel, right? You get like little cabins? No, it's a hotel. They have cabins, oh, okay. but they also have like the main building is like a hotel. So, oh, okay. um, I'm going to sneeze. I'm sorry, everyone. Now you got a mute button for that. Oh, and hold on. muted. Uh, I'm going to talk through it for a second. Oh, please. God. Yeah. I hit the button, but it didn't work. It didn't work. I hit the button. Oh, oh no. We will never be professionals. That was so bad. Um, it's like directly I, into the mic. I'm so sorry, everyone. Uh, yeah, they have like a hotel. They, they seem to have like cottages as well. We were yeah. all in the main hotel area. 
Do you guys take up most of that hotel? I wasn't sure how many rooms it was. No, I don't think so. There's okay. It's you were mingling with a lot of regulars. I guess so. so they didn't seem that busy. Yeah. In fact, I I remember thinking like, wow, there's a lot of people who work here compared to how many people who are actually here. Yeah, I mean that could be, I guess, time of year thing. It's pretty nice time right now. It's just starting to pick up, I think. Um, Well, that's cool. Did you guys do anything fun with all their cool outbuildings and/or things they offer? We yeah, we have one of our activity like one afternoon. We kind of had a choose your own adventure thing. So they had like various lawn games set out. They have like a big pond, um, and you could go on kayaks or stand up paddle boards. Uh, You could also just go swimming in that pond. And they had um, like various trails that you could ride uh, e-bikes on, uh, which were kind of fun. I did that for a little bit. Um, yeah, that's that's basically it. No falconry. No falconry for you. Did you? They didn't offer any type of uh, bee experience that you could I did get not on? see a bee experience. Because what I didn't I ask seen, either, but yeah. That's the thing you always got to ask, Sam, because there might just be a, a secret bee experience that you're not you're not yeah. aware of. They uh, when I applied for the job, uh, I went on their website to kind of see like who's who's working this place. What is this place? Uh, and they were just starting. They were not opening for another year after then. But the uh, the the head what's the head apiary, apiarist? What do you call a beekeeper? The head beekeeper. The queen uh, bee. The queen bee. In this case, I think it was the king bee. Um, okay. He uh, had a, had a, a a very successful career as a. Uh, cinematographer for TV shows and worked on like Seinfeld and things huh. and then decided that he wanted to become a beekeeper and now he's in charge of the was in charge of at least the bees at South Hall um, and they have a, a very very in charge of the bees at South Hall sounds like something from a fantasy book it does. Like a game of, <laughs> it's like a Game of Thrones character yes my lord yeah. I'm in charge of the bees <laughs> at South Hall yeah and I, I at least at the time, it seemed like it was like whatever number they claim. And I don't know. I don't know what number of bees is an impressive number of bees. I don't know. <laughs> like, you 13 know. bees. You know, he, he, they they claim to think at one point that they had like a million bees. That which like, like a number you, when you just want to come up with a lot of something. Like, yeah, we probably have yeah. a million bees here. A million. <laughs> it's like something, yeah, like quoted from a kindergartner that visited. There must yeah. be like a million bees. Um, I mean, but yeah, cool. I, apparently next time you go, if you guys go back, you'll have to see if you can. I mean, I didn't the beekeeper. Here's a here's a, um maybe a sad truth. I don't remember seeing one bee. Ah, that's wasps. a shame. I saw some wasps. Here's the thing, Sam. Sometimes you don't notice the bees, but they're all but they're all around you. The bees are there. I, I notice bees. I know where to look. I'm just saying they have a uh, they have a full blown very large orchard and farm and gardens. Yeah. I bet them bees were all up on those flowers. They weren't yeah, hanging they weren't out really in some sweaty guy's hotel room. Yeah. I wasn't that sweaty. <laughs> uh, so you retreated. Uh, oh, yeah. I went for a bike ride one morning. Will, my colleague, brought his road bike and his wife's road bike that I could borrow. And we you got fell off that road bike, right? The, oh, yeah. I did, fall off that, I did fall off that road bike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for those that remember um, that not story. Not this time, though. That was the first road bike I had ridden with, like, clipped on shoes and stuff. Mm-hmm. We got up early, got up at like six, went out to this uh, parkway where there were hardly any cars and did a 20-mile bike ride. Which parkway? Was it the Notches Trace? Yep. Nice. A little famous, little famous Tennessee parkway. Yep. It was pretty um, fun. Called Natchez. I may have just said that like a dummy. Oh, I'm going to get critiqued. I, I, never want, I don't want letters. And by letters, I mean my own girlfriend who knows way more about <laughs> Tennessee and things there, <laughs> correcting me yeah. when I say things wrong. Yeah. Um, as far as content of the retreat, this was a big group. How oh, was any any groundbreaking stuff? I don't know if there's anything that you can share and or want we to. Have we have like it's just like you know we're at that size when there's more like there's more stuff going on than any one person can be completely aware of, which yeah. has not always been the case. I, I would say for the majority of our existence, that has not been the case. So like um, like the first day of the retreat, there was just a lot of people presenting various things that they have been working on. Um, not like in a like show and tell way, but we just had a couple of long blocks where there were some foundational pieces of work that people had been working on. So sharing and demoing that stuff, um, just doing like a big, we, we had um, like b- before we went to the retreat, we collected anonymously like a bunch of questions that people had just like 
things going on in the organization that people could ask anonymously. And we had like kind of a, we called it an ask me anything like from, from Reddit um, around, around that, which was good, you know, a clearing of the air on some stuff. Um, and then the second day was more of like smaller teams uh, going deep on specific topics. Uh, so I worked with one group for a little while thinking about some structure stuff for ourselves, like where our, current kind of approach to structure is maybe suboptimal or getting in the way of us being able to do some stuff that we want. Um, Those assigned or opt-in groups? No, it's all, it's, I mean, there's, there's some planning that goes in ahead of time where we do all this like in a shared notion board. So we know roughly kind of like what the agenda is, but we also have what are called open space sessions that anybody could like pitch a thing. And if anybody else wants to join you on it, like you can just go and and do it. So I think the structure one was maybe somebody else had pitched that and I just joined, joined that. Um, Overall though, I I think it was a really good retreat. Maybe one of my favorites, maybe my favorite we've had uh, so far. Didn't feel overly structured, but still um, I feel like we had some, made some good progress on stuff. And um, is it, does it have a like a looser, more laid back feel when there's um, when you're getting to this point now where there's kind of a lot going on? Not a lot, but things going on that you're less aware of, and it doesn't feel as like I think those it sounded like those early retreats were like some pretty intense, foundational, hard hitting stuff. And I'm not saying you guys aren't still doing that, but like it, maybe some of more of those things are established than they used to be. Yeah. Like finding your guys's kind of like not lane, but like a little bit more of those that early work has been done so that these retreats now are a little bit more like, Hey, let's, you know, let's free form it. Let's potentially, potentially that is, I think that is an aspect of it. I think also there was a period of time where we were too large to be doing everything as a single group, but hadn't really realized that yet. And it's just tough to do much of anything with like, even groups of 20, like that's just like Mm -hmm. too many people to have a really good conversation. So now we have fully embraced that the idea that there's almost nothing we do as a full group, like a group of 40 can do almost nothing together. And that's totally fine. And let's find the smaller groups that make sense to like go actually work on, on stuff. And, and then along with that, don't feel like you need to be completely plugged into everything that's going on. Cause we have other ways of, keeping each other aware of, of that stuff. And then the truly foundational things that we all need to be aware of, we can figure out how to, how to do that um, in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Is uh, the DAO stuff still rolling, but less with you involved? Very much less. Well, I'm still involved. It's just not a significant portion of my time or anybody else's time, but it's, it's a thing that still exists. And I mean, we're kind of evolving it to be less specifically only DAO stuff and more just looking at other trends and future technology stuff that we should be aware of and have an opinion about and get experience with. Um, Kind of the little tagline we've been playing with is um, having it be like the future of the future of work. Uh, so like, what are the longer term things we should like be doing? So DAO stuff is one of it. Blockchains, um, AI, we're going to start incorporating some AI explorations um, and probably some other things uh, as well. We're going to a small scale regenerative organic agriculture. Yep. You just didn't say, okay, I didn't hear you yeah, say that. that too. Yeah. Okay. Smart. Yeah. This guy like, fits right in with all those other ones. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely does. Um. Yeah, it was good, and then it's just, and then it's also just nice to see everyone. You know, we're fully yeah. distributed. Nobody, I mean, there are there are there are pockets of people in same like there's a group of people in Atlanta. There's a couple of people in in Raleigh, Durham, um, but for people like me, like there's no no one else in DC from from the ready. So it's nice to see everyone in person and hang out and be reminded that you know they're not just. Uh, lines of text in slack or zoom videos but actual yeah. like real people yeah sounds nice and yeah uh, it was good so now i yeah it's like i have busy busy times right now so just got back this afternoon from tennessee which the other nice thing about this is like easy direct flight like hour and a half um piece of cake uh um, airport nice he's an airport there in nashville yeah yeah for sure 
Uh, but then tomorrow, Emily and I drive down to Bumpus, Virginia, which is like an hour and a half away because I have a triathlon on Saturday. Uh, oh. Do my first triathlon of the year on Saturday. Uh, and then we come back Saturday night. And then Sunday, I leave for New Zealand. How long are you going to be in New Zealand? Two weeks. It's a pretty long time. Yep. Um, we were talking about this at work today, one of my coworkers and I. Uh, what's the flight? Where's, what's the flight like to New Zealand? Where do they take you? You fly out to the West Coast, then over? I or fly to you? Houston, and then from Houston to Auckland. That flight okay. is 14 and a half hours. This is the best big and one. I believe Alistair flies from Salt Lake City to Chicago, which is weird because it's kind of the wrong direction. Yeah. And then from Chicago to Auckland. Yeah. Is there a little wormhole or something we don't know about? Like yeah, really connects the short the mid, shorts the Midwest uh, wormhole. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you'll be in you'll be in New Zealand. Not sure if we're gonna record while Sam's Sam's down in New Zealand. The time's not. Might be I'm not tough. bringing my good mic. So you didn't start this podcast with your good mic. So that's true. And maybe <laughs> nobody even noticed. Luckily though, I have I was back on the good mic by the time I sneezed. <laughs> so we got the full. High fidelity sneeze. We got a bad cough, good sneeze. Yeah. In terms of we got the microphone on for the bad cough, and then uh-huh. yeah. So yep. yeah, so we'll so you'll be in New Zealand. I'll do a big debrief when I get back from 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 Zealand. Yeah, we'll have a Sammy before I, before I go to Sweden. Yeah, I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Me, it's fun travel. Yeah, yeah, long flights. I mean, Are you I in Sweden really... as long as. As you're in, no, in, no, no, no. I'm only in Sweden. I'm in Sweden from like, like a leave Wednesday night, come back Monday. So not even okay. a week. Good. I try to keep it tight because I'm not actually getting paid to give this speech. So you're not. This is just out of out of the you wanting to see Sweden. Well, yeah, me wanting uh, basically reps at delivering talks and. Yeah. The idea, too, that the ready, you know, everybody at the ready has $3,000 they can spend every trimester on anything kind of related to our work. So I'm using a, a chunk. It's not even half of it to fly over to, to Sweden. They're taking care of my lodging and everything, but I'm paying for my flight to go over and give this talk and maybe drum up some business. I mean, I definitely think there's a chance that there's a potential client in the audience. So Cool. Look for people that have land they want to farm. If you find that out okay. too. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll do that. I'll throw that in at the end of my talk. I'll yeah, say, it's a, a nice... non sequitur, but who's got some land that they want to yeah. farm? A nice, I'll send you a nice headshot. Some nice infarmary of me looking yeah. looking real like a nice guy and just see yep. who there has some land that they want me to farm. All right. Um, yeah, I'll, and that'll I'll be take great. A look around. If I see any open land, I'll like ask around and see if it's free, like available, and then I'll yeah. just claim it for you. I'll put a flag on it. Yeah, I'll send you a couple. That'd be great. You want some business yeah. cards before you go? I can give yeah. you max business cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. great. So you could drum up business for me too. Okay, cool. You know, I'm I'm quite the sales guy. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, that sounds like our uh, our recording schedule is going to be nice and consistent <laughs> for the next couple of months. Um, yeah. But you'll have exciting things to talk about. As I mean, as not that I can ever really go into that much detail about client work, but yeah. I can probably have some stuff to talk about. If anything, I'll just well, talk about the experience of being in Zealand. Yeah, you're not going to the Hobbiton, right? Because I'm well, I don't want to get break divorced. Your, yeah, break your shins. Yeah, to save that for when you have to go back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be it'll be fun, but it'll be a busy couple of weeks for sure. We ready for your triathlon or no? Um, sure. Let's say yes. Okay. You remember I mean, in this moment, like with my rumbly tumbly, I'm like, fuck, I feel terrible. But, yeah. Um, I think I'll be fine. Like training has been going okay. The last couple of weeks has been a little bit sporadic. I mean, sporadic actually is probably too harsh of a word. I've been hitting most of my workouts, but there's been a few that I've had to miss just because of not being able to fit things in. Um, but I think it'll be fine. Like I'm not, I have no worry that I won't be able to finish or anything like that. Yeah. I remember it's just, it's just finishing with dignity. Exactly. Yeah. I don't, As I don't care about anything else. Yep. Finish with dignity. You can do that. And I use I like a that. really rough, like broad definition of dignity too. So I thought you were going to say finish. <laughs> uh, well, maybe that too, but 
It depends. You know, everyone's finished. If I'm, different. if I don't shit myself or cry, I consider that pretty much. That's like that's dignity. I think that's Sam's dignity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you could. Yeah, you could write a book about that. Mm, yeah. Also, if if my nipples don't hurt, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna put some good a good thick layer of body glide on those bad boys. But that could just be a regular Tuesday for you, Sam. <laughs> there's yeah. days, there's days you don't finish with dignity. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You finish with dignity is not just a triathlon thing for me. It's a daily, yeah. It's just. I'll tell you what. I'm looking at you right now on the video. <laughs> I'm not doing it today. <laughs> today is not, not finishing one of those with dignity. Nope. I'm, no. Max, paint. We're gonna end here in a second. Just paint a word picture of what you're seeing on your screen right now. Well, the, the best part is, is you're like in the lower, almost third of the image. Um, and you've gotten lower as the podcast has gone on. You've gotten farther away and lower and like less in, in sight. Because yeah, I put my feet up on the desk. Is that what happened? Um, yeah. What has happened here? You're wearing like a, a short sleeve button up shirt. It's got palm trees on it. Uh, it started buttoned up to what I'll say was maybe two buttons on down at the top. Um, yeah. Very early on, you unbuttoned it entirely. Uh, yep. And then, you know, just let it be. And then about partway through, you kind of spread it uh, extra far. And then um, you grabbed your microphone like a professional and leaned back. And it looks like I'm assuming it's propped on your belly. I can't it see that far. It absolutely is. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you're taking out a really casual look uh, for the rest of this podcast. Yep. Um, and I think delivering as, as high quality content as we probably ever have. So I'm um, peaking right now. Yeah. You are. Well, actually, I'm actually are. I'm tapering uh, for for my race, and I'm also <laughs> apparently tapering uh, in my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, it's got to start sometime. That's right. All right. Good talking with you, my dude. Yep. Good chat. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. We don't say goodbye to our fans. We should do that more. Goodbye, everyone. Huh. Hope you have a good. pleasant time, and I thank you for listening to our podcast. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for spending time with us. Oh, this is why we don't do it because that's an incredibly awkward and weird thing to do. No, oh, I so you, uh, what are you to cut it? <laughs> you, you've cut it. Uh, right. I haven't cut it yet. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna hit the button right now. Do you think I hit the button yet? I know. I don't. I'm not. Uh, I hope we're not dragging time. people on this, I'm doing, this I'm doing long. For real this time. Yeah. There's nothing after this. Goodbye, everyone.